Nick Williams with Summit Realty Group. And I'm Garrett Hartley with Repairing Alaska. All right. Oh, Garrett, welcome to the show. As you guys can tell, today uh, Blake is out. Blake got a little sick. Uh, he's got the sniffles, and we didn't want you guys listening to him the entire time. Yeah. But uh, Garrett's in to step in today. Uh, he owns a company here in town, uh, fixes all of our problems here in real estate. And so, what uh, what do you do? Well, thanks for having me today. Oh, pleasure. Yeah, we well, basically, what we are, we're a general contractor here in Fairbanks. Um, we've been operating as a general contractor. Uh, so, what is a general contractor? A lot of people might not know. Yeah, What's the difference so between a plumber and a general contractor? A uh, plumber obviously is going to be taking care of most of your major mechanical issues, your your water supply, your uh, drain water drainage, you know, septic. And here in Alaska, heat, like that, stuff heat, like that. Yeah, yep, which falls under the major mechanical, mm-hmm. right? Yep, absolutely. So that's typically what your your plumbers will do. Your electricians are their own subset of licensing, um, running the rough power, the finished power, things like that. Um, we are general contractors, so we pretty much take care of anything and everything in between. You like the umbrella the policy the when it comes to insurance. Yeah. Kind of cover everything, <laughs> it right? It all. Like yep. you don't do one or the other, but you can have some guys on staff. You subcontract some guys out. Correct. You, basically, if somebody wanted an easy fix, and by easy, we just mean like hands off, call you, you'll get it done. Yeah. Our goal is, shop. exactly. Our goal is to be a turnkey one-stop shop company. Nice. Um, whether or not we can physically uh, perform it ourselves, you know, skill wise, or uh, if we if we don't have the licensing, i.e. like electrical or plumbing, uh, right. we have those subcontractors in our stable that we're able to call out to the project, make sure that the, the customer doesn't have to do any of that coordinating, doesn't have to find a reputable contractor, they're, they're working with one person. And, it, uh, and then you're doing the vetting, the coordinating, the quality assurance, all of that. Exactly. Cool. In fact, what my company does, which kind of sets us apart from most other companies that I know of, um, we guarantee all of our customers that our um, all of our subcontractors, all of our employees, including my office staff, are all background checked and drug tested, okay. which is really difficult to find uh, people in the construction industry who Here can in pass the background test and a drug test. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's one thing that we guarantee all of our customers. I want to know that each and every one of my subcontractors and my employees are safe to be in your grandmother's home. I like that. Yeah. So uh, how long have you guys been in business? So um, actually, funny story, uh, we are, I, I started my business in 2005 as a sole proprietor. Okay. Um, I was doing primarily flooring and, and light finished carpentry work. Handyman, would that be a correct terminology there? At that point in time, I was a specialty contractor. Okay. So I was really focusing on those two trades. Okay. Uh, a lot of concrete repair, things like that, okay. um, subfloor work, you know, repairing uh, floor joists, things like that. So mostly foundational flooring work. Most of it, yes, correct. And then obviously the finished trim and things like that that take place the after the flooring is done, right? right? Yeah. Okay. So that's how I that's how I started in the construction industry when I was young. Um, when I moved to Alaska in 2004, I ended up uh, needing to start a business about 2005. That's a story for later in the podcast. Yep. But uh, but look at uh, your timing there with everything going on at six seven 2008. How 
Yeah, we'll get to that later, but I okay. want to know how the recession affected you then yeah. versus the recession that we're feeling now and how that's kind of prepping you. Definitely. Would you like to circle back to that? We'll or? circle back to that. Let's, okay. let's, let's focus on you first. So, okay. so, so you start off as a specialty contractor, mm-hmm. and then how did your business mutate into, mutate, <laughs> evolve, it grow, morphed. Yeah, yeah. morphed into what it is today, which is you're one of the larger contractors here in Fairbanks. Mm-hmm. You got a great reputation. Lots of people know your name, and you, you do quite a bit of work. So. Yeah, thank you. We uh, So uh, basically the evolution took place over quite a few years, um, and, and the, the 2008 recession did affect that evolution. Um, was we, it a catalyst or was it a hindrance? Um, you know, it you was know, probably start, a little bit of both, actually, them. because uh, due to that recession, things slowed way down. I ended up having to go and get an hourly job for a, a shipping company in town. And, um, and with that being said, some friends of mine and I took some our, our money and our resources, our skills, and we started buying houses since... They were they were super cheap, right? right? And we were flipping these. Everybody houses. wasn't. Yeah, a lot of people. The you could either could. afford the them or could. you couldn't. You either were right? in the bubble that you were good up front, and then you couldn't do anything on the back end. Yep. Or you were kind of delaying everything, and then this 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 sale happened. We'll call it. A, I try to say optimistic. Essentially, that's yeah. yeah the the market went on sale. Yeah, so it did. We, uh, we pool our resources, we're purchasing houses, flipping them. Um, I was primarily involved just in the labor portion of that project. Okay. And uh, we just got burned by so many subcontractors and general contractors in the process, mm-hmm. um, taking money and not doing the work or messing their work up and not fixing it, that sort of thing. We're still hearing those stories. I hear it on 12 a years basis. later. And I'm like, yeah. I haven't come across that in the last five or six years, but people yeah. still have that remembrance of back then. Right. And it's, and it's still a problem, yeah. unfortunately. So what we decided to do, my, my two other partners and I at the time, um, we decided to uh, give Fairbanks a choice. And at that point is when we became a general construction company. Um, we, we transitioned from specialty trades into general. And, uh, and, and what we did is we actually joined a franchise. Okay. We decided to give ourselves a boss in order to create accountability and show our customers that we legitimacy what we too. Say. We are yeah. a little bit different than Bob's Plumbing. Right, exactly. Hopefully there's no Bob's Plumbing in Fairbanks. If we mess out. up, we have a boss for you to go yeah. to. Um, that franchise ended up selling out. Um, we ended up having to get out because of that sale. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just continued the same exact process, the same exact service. We we operate essentially exactly the same with exception to we're now completely 100% independent. Okay. So that's that's the evolution of how it took place, how we started. Um, we, we really wanted to bring integrity back to the market. Okay. So... Um, yeah, so I, I hope that answers your question. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So that's how we got from, hi, my name's Garrett, to this is my company, and we've grown and become a staple here. Yeah. So um, what are some things that you are excited moving forward? I mean, we've got another recession kind of looming ahead, mm-hmm. but, you know, the, the market's definitely changed over the last decade or two. Mm-hmm. Um, Fairbanks has definitely changed over the last decade or two, mm-hmm. um, and the world as a whole has too. So what are some big goals that you and your company have moving forward? You know, as far as the recession is concerned, that's that that appears to be coming. Right. Um, Fairbanks is relatively isolated, both 
you know, logistically, physically, mm-hmm. and and economically as well. I there's we're always six months behind. There's a like lag. Yeah. There really is. So we get the opportunity to kind of gauge and judge how how bad it's going to be for us before it actually hits mm-hmm. us. Um, so with that being said, in the construction industry, what we're doing, um, you know, we're trying to bring in more state and federal work. Right. right, in order to, to protect the company so that we can continue to protect and, and work with companies like yourself. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so now let's talk about what we do in the nitty gritty every day. So I know you from many different assets. We have we have mutual friends. Obviously, my company's hired your company for our customers quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we've worked together personally um, both ways. I've sold you a property and you've worked on my house several times. Yeah. So um, how... What do you see in Fairbanks that is probably the number one breadwinner for you, the issue you see most often? Mm-hmm. And then what is the most annoying thing that you deal with on a daily, weekly basis mm-hmm. that you wish didn't exist? And those might be the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want, to, want it to go away because it is your main breadwinner, but. Right, yeah. right. Um, you know, that's actually a really funny question because uh, there's it's a Fairbanks. lot of annoying things <laughs> <laughs> in Fairbanks. Um, I would say, you know, in, in, in our industry since, Primarily what we're dealing with are pre-existing homes. We're not building from the ground up. 20-ish homes a year is all we're adding to the market. Exactly. And it's... And, 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 and that market is completely saturated with people stepping on each other, trying yep. to build and yep. sell. Um, I, I think probably I'm going to start with the biggest annoyance. The okay. biggest annoyance is um, coming back and finding everybody else's mistakes, right? Right. This Cleaning is an age-old problem that we all hear about. So when it comes to that, right, we, we open up a wall and we find 10 different problems that we we never saw because we don't have Superman x-ray vision. Um, we end up in this situation where we, we give a quote, the quote grows because the problems grow. Right. And, and what appeared to be the problem only becomes a symptom of the actual problem. Right. And then you're at fault because you said it was going to be this much. And then when you found that the mold is somewhere else or the flood damage is somewhere else, and it's more than what you anticipated, you're the bad guy. Well, we're the bad guy. We're always the last person in the house, right? After yep. the, the, sometimes even before the sale, we're, we're the last, the last face they see. And, and, and oftentimes a, a customer will come to us and they'll get, you know, say a $10,000 bid to use an easy number. And, and uh, I always tell my customers always figure for a minimum of a 30% variable mm-hmm. and uh, just, just in case. So, you know, if you, if we're quoting you 13, uh, 10, figure the possibility of 13 to 15. Yeah. And, uh, just because of that, I don't want. I want to manage the expectations. Don't want them to be upset at the right. end of the project. So, I, I would say that that's probably my biggest annoyance. I just um, want to circle back to how you called me out on the show, just like that. <laughs> Have to go clean up other people's messes. So, if anybody wants to know, just like a week ago, I thought I'd be cool and do some very light, basic electrical work in my house, <laughs> and I fucked that up hard. It wasn't I mean, as bad as you're as you're uh, <laughs> as you're trying to. So to <laughs> I had to hire Garrett to come out there and fix all my mistakes, and that's exactly what he was alluding to. Is uh, normally I'm assuming you also clean up other under contractors too, though. Like there's very often Probably. I hear this all the time where yeah. I hired the cheapest handyman possible to put in my laminate flooring. Yeah, and now I have gapping. I, I the trim doesn't line up. The floors aren't even. That kind of stuff. Yes. So. Um, I don't want to call out anybody, but is there like 
Is there a specific thing without calling out people and co- like companies? Mm-hmm. Is it flooring? Is it is it mold remediation? Is it flood damage? Is it cosmetic work or structural work or mechanical work that really you see done incorrectly? Basically, what I want to get to is our clients, our, our people that are listening, if they're looking for contractors here in town, mm-hmm. what subset would you say just do a little bit more due diligence on when looking at contractors? Yeah, um, I, I've actually got a couple of things to, 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 yeah. to mention in that um, topic. I would say, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a problem, I would almost say a pandemic, <laughs> when it comes to unreliable or... Um, integrity issues right so vetting your contractor is incredibly important um i would say that um i i couldn't say that it's any one trade in particular um i will say that probably more of a personal kind of a a characteristic than a professional characteristic is what you're trying to say very much so in in work ethic exactly and integrity is big you know you want a contractor who's going to stand behind their warranties Right, who's going to have the integrity to to do what's right even when you're not there and looking, right? So a lot of the customers that you and I deal with are, let's say, military or, or moving in from out of state. They don't know the industry here. They, they're not familiar with the way we operate, which we do operate differently here than most places in the, in, in the U.S. So um, my, my recommendation to any listeners who would be trying to purchase while either out of state or, or new to state would be to to talk to their realtor about contractors, right? In yeah, order we always to, have that conversation. You guys deal with, with yeah. contractors on a regular basis. So you know who's reputable. Mm-hmm. You know the strong suits. And my list rotates and too because even the reputable people don't always stay reputable. I mean, stuff happens, That's right? You point. can get cancer, be in a hard pinch, and you're just less reliable. It doesn't true. mean you're a bad person or a bad contractor. It just means during this phase of your life, you're not on my, you know. Yeah. You know uh, what I'm trying to say. Top list. You're not. You're not. You're not the guy I'm trying to sell to everybody. Sure. Because you have other stuff going on. Doesn't mean you can't make it back on the list. That kind of stuff. But we've we've bumped in that quite a bit. And it's financial stress. Um, you know, relationship divorces. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. It's been illnesses and it's been all kinds of stuff. So we're all human. We're all human. You know, everybody has for now. has yeah for now. <laughs> everybody has something going on in life, right. and and I I think what's really important is communication. Yeah. So. Uh, one of the we we offer our our, our um, cu- all of our customers three main things, and one of them is communication, okay. background checking, drug testing, mm-hmm. and we always we we guarantee that a human will always answer the phone. There's nothing more annoying than than robots telling robots, yep, you know, push you know five for this, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I love about you. So I obviously yeah. have your cell phone number, so I can get a hold of you whenever I want. But even yeah. when I can't, when you're busy, your office picks up the phone every single time. Every time. And even if you guys have a lot of people on the phones, they'll call me back within minutes. So yes. shout out to your staff. Yeah, that's one thing you. that I really like about you guys. And I'm not trying to ding everybody else in town that has smaller overhead. Mm-hmm. But what I love about you guys is there's always a point of contact, whether mm-hmm. it's you and your business partners or office staff, mm-hmm. like somebody is available. Yeah. Um, can't say that about all these other companies. We have a lot of independent contractors here, those specialty contractors mm-hmm. that are just one-stop shops. And mm-hmm. they do great work, and because of lower overhead, they might be a bit more affordable. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to pin down that 23-year-old handyman who's running all around town doing different stuff, right. whereas you have an established business, a bit more traditional, like lower 48 businesses. Yes. And so shout-outs to that, because yeah. not everybody is that, you know, established that way up here. I appreciate that. And that's what we're striving for. Mm-hmm. So it's nice 
nice to, to get the feedback yeah. and know that, you know, our efforts are, are actually producing fruit. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I have not had, I mean, there's always the emotional clients that want to complain about pricing, but yeah. nothing's ever cheap, right? Yeah. Um, or free. You know, insurance doesn't cover everything. Yeah. But I have not had any complaints about your company or any of the work you guys have done. And so thank you for assisting my business and being successful as well. No, thank you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I would ask you the same question then in return is about annoyances and, uh, and things coming back the other direction. Yeah, so. let me talk about what I normally see and then what you suggest might be a good solution for stuff like this. Mm -hmm. But um, our biggest deal killer and problem that we see, and it's not like the number one issue with houses, it's actually a rare issue with houses, but it's a number one deal killer, foundations. Okay. Yeah. Whether it's post on pad, which is normally in permafrost areas, yep. we don't build them like that just for fun. It is an intentional foundation. Correct. Um, concrete blocks, sometimes cracking. I've seen contractors that don't fill the concrete block foundations with concrete and rebar. Yeah. Hollow blocks. Yeah. Um, uh, all weather wood foundations, with without the proper weatherproofing. So just because it has a couple chemicals and permeating it into the wood, they think it's waterproof. Yeah. You still need your visqueen, you still need your, uh, come on, base, yeah, bitch, your bitch thing. Yep, butyrethane. Butyrethane. Yep. Thing. yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just love cuss words, that's why that yep. came out. <laughs> um, but yeah. Rolls so you, off the tongue. Yeah, rolls right out, bitch a thing. <laughs> there you go. Um, all those different things. But, um, and not that people are taking shortcuts, not that people are doing this intentionally. It might be a lack of education. Mm -hmm. But that's probably the number one thing where there is a code, mm -hmm. a universal building code that has been established and adapted worldwide. Yeah. And then we're here in Fairbanks, Alaska, and it's still in effect. It's just not enforced, which is a good and a bad thing. It's a good thing right. because you have the freedom to do whatever you want. It's a bad thing because I have you redoing other people's work right. because it wasn't done to code standard. Yeah. And that is a, a really good point and, and something that's been on the back of my mind to talk about on this show is the fact that Fairbanks is, w was, there was, there was huge building boom and large 70s. growth. Yeah. In the, in the 70s and 80s due to the pipeline yep. um, being built and, and, and then staffed after, after the construction was done. Um, with that being said, a lot of the builders that were, were building these homes were coming up here from the lower 48. California, 60, Arizona, 70, Texas, they had no clue what it took to, to, to build a home according to Arctic standards. Mm -hmm. Which and is they, now why the Arctic Research Center came out with the Arctic Code, if you will. Basically exactly. a building, building reference for building here. They zoned exactly for Arctic climates like ours. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we're, we're, we're now dealing 50 years later, we're, we're now dealing with all of these problems trying to correct them, which kind of comes into my main bread and butter as well. If we're going to circle back to that is, yeah, you know, foundational issues, roof issues, insulation and, and ventilation are a really big problem here mm -hmm. because of that era right. of people coming in and building when just they had no them. business building here, but the dollars were here. So right. they flocked here, they made their money and they left. Right. So, um, and, and I, I bring that up to second what you're saying. A lot of that workmanship was done during the, those time frames. Yep. And, and I, I try to talk to my, my customers, potential customers, people who come to me saying, hey, we're looking to buy a home. You know, who's a good realtor? What do I look out for? That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I warn them and I say, hey, you know, just what, what, time, what time period was the home built? And these even that, the these houses have transferred so many times. The, the average 70s and 80s house, really the only thing that's unfixable mm -hmm. is the original structure. Is it 2 yeah. by 4 or 2 by 6 2 Correct. by 8 The shell. And the, main frame. the only time we're seeing the issues with foundations, if it's 
environmental. Mm-hmm. The permafrost primarily. Yep. Yep. The the waterproofing and all that stuff. That's usually been mitigated unless you've owned the house for thirty years. And mm-hmm. and that's that's where yep. I would say the, the age of the house isn't really as important as how long has the owner been there. Yeah. Because I can have two identical houses right next to each other, let's say across street and riverview. Mm-hmm. Built in nineteen eighty four and built in nineteen eighty four. Mm-hmm. And one has been sold thirteen times since then. And so every time there's a home inspection, there's repair negotiations and, and things are improved yes. versus the other house, which has one owner. They built it, they lived in it, and now they want to snowbird and retire in Arizona. Right. So everyone's like, what's bad. good and bad? And, and that's <laughs> right. where my job is hard because <laughs> that house that's transferred so many times has so much more wear and tear. Mm-hmm. You've had 13 different families live, love, and abuse that house. Right. But you've had 13 inspectors, 13 realtors, 13 contractors all go through that same process to improve the house. To make, so make those necessary. There's a variable there. Yes. The other house, that one family living there for 30 years probably loved that house, took care of it, raised a family in it, and a lot less wear and tear. Mm-hmm. But there's probably a lot more of that structural neglect less maintenance less maintenance deferred right. maintenance that right. kind of stuff that we see so so it is <clears throat> a complete coin toss which is why you, and this is coming from the realtor perspective i am covering my ass here but do your due diligence throughout mm-hmm. the entire step it doesn't matter if you're buying a house from the 60s 70s if you're buying a 1940s cabin or a 2020 house yeah. is is do your due diligence work with people that you trust so you don't you know, that, that's the basis. That's our foundation. If you don't trust me, then I can tell you whatever I want. It, it, it doesn't matter. Right. Work with people that you trust so you believe them. Use people they refer because you have that trust, hoping that they've vetted them and they've trust, you know, gotten you with trusty employees and, and contractors. Right. And, and, and don't take any steps. A home inspection, 600 bucks. That's a lot of money. But the amount of peace of mind that you get for that $600, I think is is absolutely crucial. I would 100% recommend that anyone buying a home, whether they need to or not, gets an engineer to inspect. I absolutely agree. And in fact, I will tell you that I probably won't sell you a house unless you are a general contractor and you want to waive that. Because (laughs) I I can't can't let my everyday person assume that much risk knowing how much a freeze up can cost in Alaska. How much foundation repairs can cost in Alaska. I mean, I've seen $100,000 foundation issues. I've seen $75,000 freeze up issues. I've seen $20,000 boiler swaps, right? Uh, $18,000 roofs, uh, and we're not even talking about the mansions and you know the multi-million dollar properties. Run of the bill we're homes. talking of your two to $600,000 average home. Yes. So, yes. Um, and there is no correlation. It's not age, it's not price, it's not location. It's it's a little That's bit true. of all of that. That it's is a true. Little bit of all. I've seen it in town, out of town, North Pole, Fairbanks, Esther, Healy. You know, even as a general contractor, when I'm going to to purchase a home or a property, I still I still hire yeah. an engineer to come and look at it because even with my experience, things. it's always best to have a fresh set of eyes yep. on the home, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody who's got a whole different set of experiences and skill sets than I have. So, um, yeah, it's a valuable thing that I would encourage everyone to do. Yeah, well, that's from two of us now, so definitely get a home inspection. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> since we're getting close to the end of the show, let's let's hear like one or two of your biggest horror stories. Just something where you walked into a house. Don't give us the address, yeah. but uh, <laughs> you know, God bless those souls. Um, but I, I would love to hear just some of the things that you know as a person who's in this industry for almost 20 years now Mm -hmm. um doing this every single day what shocks you like what did you walk into and you're like what 
<laughs> I've definitely seen some really interesting things that are <laughs> not PG rated. Um, <laughs> Sleep personal items out of that because I've seen a few of those too. <laughs> so I've, I've run into some very interesting. By the way, situations. people clean up your sex toys before you call your contractor. <laughs> Unless you want to become an Unless. inside joke, that's probably there a good go. idea. Hey, that's how you get featured on a podcast. That's <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> you know, I would say probably um, two two things really come to mind. Two stories. Okay. Um, number one, most shocking thing that I ever encountered was walking into a home one time, scheduled to do some work um, just a few years back, and and um, walk into a completely empty, barren home with um, a gentleman who uh, had a, a table set up in the corner. Uh, there must have been sixty to eighty thousand dollars in cash on that table, and uh, there was absolutely nothing else in the table uh, in in the Damn home, house. except for a, a, a small child, two three years old, who was curled up in a blanket in the corner, and, and that was a, a very difficult thing for me to deal with. Authorities were notified. Uh, I would say that probably the most shocking okay. and, and eye-opening that experience. That one is, yeah, that would that be hard. does not happen often. I, uh, I, I was, uh, that was new, and I hope I never experience it again. Uh, Shout out to the years. cartels laundering oh, money geez, and no trapping small children <laughs> in the Fairbanks. I would say probably one of the most fun, uh, one of the most fun scenarios um, that I like to, to tell about is being, being called by a customer who uh, they said, hey, you know what, we've got a small, we, we had a small house fire and we'd like you to come in, tell us what a restoration would, would, would look like. You know, we need estimates for the insurance company. Um, but it was just a, a grease fire on the stove. It's not a big deal. Right. Um, I get there and um, it's, it's a large home. Um, I would say probably about 5,000 square feet. That's huge for here. Very, that's very large home. Yeah. Um, Sticker price on that's probably just starting off at six on the low end and going up from there. And it's right in town. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. if, if not more than that. I think I know. Um, a couple properties. So this home, I, I get to the front door and this little, you know, quote unquote, grease fire had melted the front door, steel front door. Usually kitchens aren't now. by the front door either. <laughs> just so <laughs> you guys know, all. kitchens are usually towards the back of the house. <laughs> something you want to walk into it's normally not like you walk in there's a mud room in your kitchen <laughs> so that's impressive definitely definitely more than just a grease somebody fire. trying to fry a turkey uh, in the know, mud room maybe i don't know for probably a couple of hours yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so small grease fire this little this fire got, like some uh, got so hot i mean the 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 refrigerator was little literally a molten pile in the middle wow. of the floor it was uh i've never seen anything like it um, i don't know if i could do that if i wanted to holes burned all the way through the second third floor and and into the ceiling i mean it was it was intense it was more than just a small little grease i mean it was it was a condemnation is what it was um but uh yeah so you know you never really know when you You go into a home it could be hey we just have a simple fix for you and you get in there and there's drug trafficking and potential human trafficking going on or there hey whatever they were doing small small house fire he's gotten a big coin early on who knows <laughs> there's there's a, a a wide variety in between of, of good stories there too, but uh, I think those are probably the two that come to mind okay. as, as being the most wild and and uh, we see it all the time. <laughs> hey, I, I just <laughs> ran out of fuel for a day. Oh, cool! Well, I'm glad you caught it early. We'll come by and look at it. Yeah, I walked by. Toilets near replacing water softeners ruined. Boilers ruined. The yep. in floor heat is. 
permanently damaged, yep. like zone valves have exploded, like it's just craziness. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I definitely feel that one. So uh, since we're wrapping up here, let's let's go into a little lightning round. So this is all just as a disclaimer. This is all going to be personal preference, right? Mm -hmm. So there's nothing wrong with one or the other. I just want to get your feel mm -hmm. on kind of your personal preference. So I'm going to throw out roof, right? Mm -hmm. Metal or shingle. Give me your personal one. Foundation, post on pad, concrete block. You know, I'm just going to rattle some things off on you. You tell me what you would prefer, mm -hmm. and then maybe some of our listeners can start, you know, learning about some different types of foundations, roofs, windows, that kind of stuff. Sure. And maybe you can give us a little pro and con for each one and why you picked it. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So let's start off with roofs, metal or shingle. Yeah, metal. metal. I, I prefer metal. Lasts longer, easier to maintain, um, harder to damage. Yep. Only downside that I know of with is a little bit of sloughing off of snow. That's what yep. snow breaks are for, and that can prevent that. Yeah, and snow breaks even of them in and of themselves. Um, you know, they can be good and bad too. Yeah. They they do hold the 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 snow on your home, which increases the weight on the roof. Right. That could potentially cause uh, leaking if we have ice storms. It could also. Um, you know, just cause stress damage right. to depending on the structure of the to property. your uh, trusses. Yeah, depending on the okay. snow load for the year. Windows, wooden case, vinyl, double pane, triple pane, single pane, storm windows. Yeah, Let's talk about windows for a second. Always, 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 no less than two pane. Yep. Um, I recommend triple pane, uh, vinyl, or or fiberglass frame. Okay. Um, there's a couple of companies in town that actually make these windows. I highly recommend. I'll give a big shout out to Greatland Windows. Okay. A little bit more expensive. You'll never buy another window again. Okay. Yeah. Um, staying on windows, the European three set windows, mm -hmm. sliders up or down, sideways, or uh, your cranks. The crank, the casement. Yeah, a casement window or that European style. And the reason I like the European style is because the top opens by about three or four inches. Not only do you get a little bit of ventilation, but it also causes a turbulence in the air as that cold air falls. Uh, down to the floor, it can shock your, your heat pipes if you have a heat register underneath it. Okay. When those heat pipes get shocked by 40 below cold air and that, that pipe is 100 degrees, bam, it, it, it splits instantly. Okay. So you might not have a freeze up, but you might still get a flood in your home if you open the window for uh, uh, any period of time for ventilation. Yeah, don't open your windows if there's snow on the ground. That's Please. generally the way I say it. Like <laughs> if you need to, maybe, you know, bring in some fans, circulate some air, turn down the heat do some other things yep. but um I, i'm a landlord as well as a realtor i, I don't want my windows open from mm -hmm. october until about april yeah and i would say maybe even into may turn the heat down turn the heat down don't open the windows and then, by the way heat's expensive so <laughs> right. just save the money and turn the heat down <laughs> don't waste the money by pumping 75 degree air into your house and then opening up window at negative 40 it's just it's, yeah. it's stupid math yeah um foundation so we got posts on pad concrete block concrete pad concrete mm -hmm. slab um then you got your all-weather wood foundations, and then there's there's hundreds more. But yeah, what's your favorite foundation and why? And then maybe you have two. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's hard to say that I have a favorite because there's so many different uh, styles of foundation mm -hmm. because there are so many different soils that we have to build in. And types of houses you put on top of that too. Exactly. So, it, you know, it really depends on the soil type for me to say which one I prefer. Mm -hmm. I will say that most post on pad houses uh, here in the interior are built that way because they're on permafrost. Mm -hmm. And permafrost shifts with which each with each uh, season change. Well, let's talk about permafrost foundation specifically. Then you have concrete pylons, you have helical piers, you have um, you know your normal wood. 
pads, mm -hmm. uh, all that stuff. So uh, of the permafrost subcategory, mm -hmm. which one would you say in majority of Fairbanks is the safer option, the, the more durable permafrost solution? Typically speaking, like a sauna tubes, sauna tubes. Um, a, a poured concrete foundation um, with an adjustable pier on top of that. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking, you know, these 12-inch pier piers. blocks that you're finding at Lowe's. We're, we're talking about steel with adjustable saddles. Mm -hmm. That's 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 what I prefer to install uh, whenever we're adjusting I sold a county house, yeah. like 600 square feet last year. Okay. The only time I've ever seen this, but I kind of liked it. Even Tim Henry was a bit impressed. Okay. A little skeptical of it still. But um, they built a post on pad house on a concrete pad. It was okay. more of a concrete footer. Okay. But on uh -huh. the footer, they had adjustable jacks on all corners. So the house was literally self-leveling. All you had to do is measure what you're, you're off by and then raise or lower it. And because they had enough of these bottle jacks built in, it was a permanent foundation. Wow. So impressive, and at the same time, the, the only concern we really had was any kind of earthquake movage, mm -hmm. what would happen there. But they, they did enough shoring mm -hmm. that it actually worked. Wow. So that one was really cool. That's but I've only seen that once. You're probably that. never going to see that. Yeah. yeah you're probably never going to see that again. And <laughs> again, that was back. on permafrost or in an area that might have permafrost because we, mm -hmm. we don't actually know. Permafrost moves and changes every year. But... Um, it was uh, a tiny house. So, I mean, you're oh, not okay. putting a lot of weight on it. It's okay. four or 500 square feet. Makes you sense. wouldn't see that on a thousand square foot dry cabin or, right. or moist cabin. And and there are leveling systems for homes that, that are full size 2,000 square foot homes. Right. Yeah, there are. There's There are jack systems made to be permanently installed to adjust the home and the, and the foundation as necessary. Okay. On the permafrost issue, one thing that I that I warn people about is the reason the reason why we build on post and pad and permafrost is to maintain the frozen earth under mm -hmm. the house. If, if that ground thaws out... Because you put the a thermal mass into the ground correct. that you're heating, you're yes. going to melt that, and that's going to be creating more movement. Exactly. And so by creating that air gap between where the pad is, where the support structure is, and then where the bottom of the house is... So when you're, when you're looking at a post on pad house, yeah. you're looking at like, you know when you look under a deck? Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like. You can look completely yep. underneath the house. The house is on stilts, is a lot of what the East Coast people coming from the beaches say. Same kind of yeah. foundation, just lower to the ground. That way you have an air gap to, yeah. to keep that soil as cool as possible. It's a great way to describe it. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. All right, so we talked about roofs, we talked about windows. Let's talk about appliances real quick. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously everybody wants Samsung stainless steel appliances, yeah. but um, uh, ventilating microwaves versus a range hood versus gas range, electric range. What, what are you seeing uh, personally? What is your preference as far as kitchen appliances go? You know, personal preference, I like cooking on gas. Everybody right? does. Uh, Shout out to Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, there, there are issues. Ventilation is always an issue in Fairbanks. Um, it's, it's so cold and dry here that when it comes to ventilation, we have to consider where that cold and, and hot, moist air meet. Typically that meets inside the dryer. wall. Yes. Any ventilation point where, where cold air can come into the home can create um, exhaust fans, problems, and gables. Right? Yeah. We run into this often. So when it comes to say a range hood, um, there are recirculation uh, options out there, which they're the most popular and I'm probably seeing them in 80% of the houses. And I don't think it's because of preference. I think it's because of simplicity. The, simplicity. Exactly. You don't have to run 
run ventilation. When you're running ventilation out, out of the house for something like a, a range hood, it's important to make sure that you're considering the frost and the cold coming into the house as well as trying to get rid of humidity, humidity smoke, flames, if you have a grease fire, things like that have to right. be considered. So I, I really think it depends on the layout of the house. Sometimes you get a, a kitchen that has, um, it's right in the center of the house. Well, it's going to be real difficult to vent that outside without induction air and, and, and uh, you know, an aerodyne type uh, ventilation system, if you're familiar with yep. those. Um, but uh, most kitchens are typically on the outside wall. Ventilation becomes much easier. Um, more but approachable, definitely reachable in that area. More, yeah, accessible, yeah. Oftentimes I see people will put uh, insulation in in the uh, vent in order to try and keep the cold air out. I've seen that too. Uh, and that just creates a fire hazard. Yeah. So there are pros and cons. Shove a banana in your exhaust pipe and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. That is a joke. Exactly right. <laughs> Let's try not to do that. Um, all right. Well, keeping the lightning around moving here. Um, all right. Uh, ice damming. Real quick, want to give us your personal definition of what ice damming is. Yeah. So basically, that's a glaciation on your roof. What happens is when you when you have uh, when you have heat that is escaping out of your roof for because of poor ventilation or poor insulation um the the snow layer between the 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 roof the the say the shingles or the steel and the snow melts and the water slowly starts to build a glacier and creep its way uphill up the uh, up the roof mm -hmm. that ends up causing ice to get up underneath the the lap joints in your metal underneath the shingles it ultimately ends up in in water damage coming and inside then it melts the roof and line that's in the when spring. it creates the damage exactly so that's that is what you're looking at you find those points typically along the drip edge of the roof line mm -hmm. and in valleys is where you the you know where, where two roof where lines, two roof lines meet. pitches come mm -hmm. together that's typically garage and main house or something like that yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good example. Okay. Yeah. Um, personal preference again: septic or sewer systems. You know, if you're in city limits, always go sewer. Yeah. Um, septics have their issues here. We uh, we run into problems with leach fields. Um, again, going back to permafrost, mm -hmm. adjusting soil, things like that. Leach fields tend to collapse, or they they go bad every mm -hmm. 10, 10 to fifteen years. You know, yeah. I've I've seen it less than that. So, if you can avoid a septic, great. If not, that's okay. We've pretty well perfected the uh the arctic septic the system art of the, arctic septics, the, the styrofoam art of enclosed shit yeah <laughs> shit box um yeah. well holding tank or city water again uh location dependent um there's very a, much so there's a lot of um mineralization arsenic natural occurring arsenic in our water up here so if you have a well get it tested yep if uh, there are there are there especially are, if you're in higher elevation if you're on farmer's loop esther china mm -hmm. ridge um whenever your well and the water lines come up through all that rock you're, you're grabbing all those minerals with it so you're going to yes. see a little bit more arsenic and let's say farmer's loop than you will in North Pole. Yes. That doesn't mean it's mutually exclusive and one has it and the other doesn't, but mm -hmm. um, just something to be aware of. And, and water testing is always afforded to any buyer or seller of any property. Mm -hmm. So definitely Good. do your due diligence. Um, shout out to Arctic Home Living. I'm pretty sure they do some free water testing, mm -hmm. at least they used to. Um, so definitely if you want to get just 
you know, we can't use that for negotiation purposes, but just for, you know, if you're a homeowner and you want to test your water, mm -hmm. they do have some capabilities without going to a laboratory and paying the fees. Yeah. And, and there are, because it's such a widespread issue in our area, there are um, a lot of really good options for mitigating that. Mm -hmm. um, a big shout out to Lupin uh, Water Lupin Systems water. as well. Yeah. He's, he's very well versed guy. when it comes to water treatment and, um, or, you know, reverse osmosis yeah. systems. Water purification, I, uh, water sanitation, um, filtration, does it all. Yeah, yeah. And and he's good at it, too. He's he's, oh. he's fair, honest. He'll and break his own price, back so just to help you out. He really will. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I would say in my, my own home, personally, I'm all the way up at the top of, of one of the ridges here in the area, and uh, I have a holding tank. Mm -hmm. and, Which um, is common. So the reason is common. because of arsenic. So why even mm -hmm. have water that could potentially be contaminated if you can have delivered water, potable water, yeah. that um, is guaranteed clean? Yeah. And we have plenty of delivery companies here in town that make it as easy as it humanly can be, and then you always have the option of doing it yourself. We have fill mm -hmm. stations at every corner of town, just like we do transfer sites. So. You can fill yeah. up a tank and save quite a bit of money doing it yourself if you want the extra chore. Three cents a, a gallon. Three cents a gallon. Like it used to be yeah, two cents a gallon, cheap. so inflation so. hit us by a penny a gallon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which gas went that bad. Um, all right, last one, and uh -huh. I think this is probably the one that most people care about, heat. Okay. So we have wood stoves, mm -hmm. pellet stoves, gas stoves. Mm -hmm. Then we have uh, hydronic oil boilers, mm -hmm. oil forced air furnaces, natural gas, and propane boilers. Mm -hmm. You kind of want to give us like a good two minutes on the entire category and we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Um, hydronic oil-fired boilers are the most common heat source here in, in the interior, 90%. I would say, if not right more. Right now. Yeah. I always recommend that everybody have um, a, a backup heat system, a uh, wood stove, something that can operate without power. Yeah. Um, if the borough will let you have it, because the federal government is finding the local government, which is crapping on our ability to burn wood to and burn live wood. like Alaskans. Now there are heat, uh, there are stove swap um, programs where they will pay you to, to if you qualify to swap out if you qualify correct to swap out your wood stove for yeah. something that's more efficient puts out less pollution less pollution that two point one p.m. regulation yeah. that's been going on since about twenty fifteen and every year we're changing it Fairbanks is behind the power curve on meeting those those gates mm -hmm. um, obviously shout out to uh, Fairbanks AQ for trying to clean up our air mm -hmm. but it's always that struggle on doing what's best for everybody versus what's best for you, right? right? And so right. personally, I don't have a problem with the air quality here. I want a wood stove. Mm -hmm. um, but I went through the exchange program myself. We got rid of our pellet stove and we put in a gas burning stove. Mm -hmm. It looks better. It burns cleaner. Um, I wouldn't really say it's cheaper. And mm -hmm. the problem is I can't go to the, in the woods, chop down a tree and heat my house. Right. I have to have another delivery of another heat source and it's propane. So yeah. that's something yeah. where you can't just go down to a gas station and get a five gallon propane tank and hook it up. It's, right. It's a pickle barrel. It's a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I would say pros and cons here. Um, you know, and, and preference. Personal preference weighs in heavily on all this. And personal preference as well. Um, you know, uh, oil oil is the most readily available for um, parts and maintenance because we use it so much. Um, it's expensive. Mm -hmm. um, natural gas the infrastructure isn't here yet to supply us with cheap natural We're gas. We're in phase so two out of five on the installation of it. So a yeah, lot of good areas, and that's really expensive. up and coming. But once it's 
fully indoctrinated, mm -hmm. I think those prices are going to come in now. Right now, we're seeing natural gas being a couple cents cheaper than oil, mm -hmm. and if you you know accrue that over a winter, um, a big variable in that too though is the amount of BTUs you get from gas versus oil. Correct. And so oil does produce more BTUs, so that extra couple cents that you're spending might actually produce more heat. Right. So it is kind of a wash right now. And I, I've seen all the bills, and and lifestyle is the biggest variable. Yeah. Coming in and out of a garage 15 times a day versus parking outside when you're coming home from lunch, huge savings in your energy cost. Very much. But um, um, right now, everything I'm seeing, it's pretty much oil, gas, and propane are very similar. There's not one that's yeah. several hundred dollars cheaper than the other. That's true. Yeah. And that's true. Sadly. One thing that I would warn people about or something to consider anyway is if, if they're looking at uh, propane heat, the byproduct of propane, of burning propane is water, mm -hmm. right? So by burning propane in the home, you're introducing moisture into the home as well. So yeah. if you have propane heat, make sure you got a good HRV system or good ventilation in the home so that you can circulate that moisture out. Also be careful if you are on propane and on a septic system because there is a byproduct in the water that drains from those condensing boilers. Mm -hmm. And um, basically those are normally tied into your septic field. And so that can kill some of the bacteria in your tank and your leach field and shorten yeah. the lifespan of your septic. Nobody yeah. ever thinks that heat can affect poop, but it does. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> All right, Gary. Hey, uh, thanks for coming in today. Uh, yeah, I had a great you. time talking to you. Is there any parting words, any pitches you want to do, any any social media that you're on that you want to promote or yeah, shout out to your business? You can find my company at repairingalaskallc.com. Um, our phone number, 907-457-3993. Uh, excuse me, four five seven three nine nine three. There we go. I know my own number. There you go. <laughs> we, uh, we're, we're on Facebook. We're on uh, Instagram. We're on uh, online. Google. Yep. You just Google us. You'll find us there. Um, I really appreciate you uh, having me on the show today and, and appreciate all your work. To appreciate your time, buddy. Fun. Yeah, we'll do it again. Thank you. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. Yeah.